Hey Broadway, uh, I'm excited today for you all to hear uh, another conversation with some of your brothers and sisters about um, their thoughts about the pandemic and also about uh, the decisions that the elders have made and the way that that's affected them. And I hope again that this will be um, a gift to you and that you'll feel um, like some of your thoughts are, are being, um, being heard and being expressed uh, to us as a congregation. We scheduled this, this meeting uh, before all the protests uh, began this weekend. And a couple of us even wondered if we should even have this conversation, but decided to go ahead and go forward with it um, because the, the pandemic and all the, the things that are happening, happening right now um, are continuing to affect us. And the elders will be meeting tonight to talk about our next steps over the next couple of weeks. And so there's still a lot of questions uh, to, to be answered and um, a lot of uh, conversations to have. One of the, the great gifts for me uh, during this pandemic season has been uh, the pilot's voice. For years, I have really wondered um, how to create some sort of, of venue for um, conversations to happen in our church or for me or for our leaders to be able to communicate certain things that wouldn't be appropriate for a Sunday morning or that you just can't talk about on a Sunday morning just because of the, the nature of the thing. And so the pilot's voice has, has emerged during this time and I'm, I'm excited for that because I think it's gonna give us opportunities as we go forward in the future to have all sorts of conversations about things that come our way. And so um, I've already been speaking with a couple of our elders about uh, having conversations on the pilot's voice about race and reconciliation in the church and giving an opportunity for people to talk about those. So just know that those, uh, Lord willing, will be on their way. Uh, but uh, today's conversation is um, directly related to the pandemic and what's happening right now related to that. Um, so I want to say we'll probably have one or two more conversations about the coronavirus on the pilot's voice. If you feel like you have a unique perspective that you would like to offer and that you haven't heard yet, or that you would just like to share, please let me know. I would love to, to have you as a part of one of those conversations. Um, I also want to let you know that after, after the credits on uh, this Pilot's Voice episode, after the, um, at, at the very end, I've put a little bit of a postscript, postscript on the end of it. Um, during the conversation, um, a couple of our, uh, of our guests on the show talked about how difficult it was with all the different information that we have coming in right now, how to uh, process that information. Uh, Jeannie Carroll was uh, one of our guests and she works in scientific research. And so after our conversation was over, our formal conversation was over, we began to continue to talk about that question. Why is it that we're hearing uh, different questions or different answers uh, from scientists, you know, things that they said two months ago aren't the things that we're hearing today. How do those things line up and why is that the case? And so Jeannie shared some thoughts and then I just kind of off the cuff shared some thoughts that I've been having about that. And so that's at the very end. And so if you just wanna hear kind of people's thoughts and their, their heart, you can listen to the first section. If you wanna hear a little bit more about that conversation, you can listen at the, at the back end of the credits. So um, God bless you friends. Uh, I love you and I miss you. And uh, I look forward to seeing you soon. can often get us down 
Hey, Broadway Christian Church. It's uh, Monday afternoon, and we are on with, uh, with four of our friends today, uh, Jeannie Carroll, Hope Brown, Catherine Graf, and Jeff Ferrier. And we're here to, to chat a bit more about um, our thoughts on, on the, the pandemic and um, how that has affected us and our families as well as um, our thoughts on the decisions the elders have made and how that has affected folks here in our church. So um, I'm going to, uh, to pray for us and for our time right now, and uh, then we'll, we'll jump in. Father, we are um, grateful to you for the church and this idea that you had to uh, to bring people together to worship you. And we, we want to continue to express and experience uh, uncommon unity in our church. And um, unity is not sameness. And so as we uh, express our, our different thoughts and our different perspectives, I, I pray that you would move us beyond um, sameness or um, th that you'd move us to a deeper unity. Uh, that comes through our commitment and our love for you and for each other. Be with my, my brother and my sisters as they share today. I, I pray that you would give them uh, words that would uh, reflect truly what you've given them and what you've put on their hearts. We, we open up this space for you to speak to us and for us to hear your, your voice today. In Christ's name, amen. So as we have the last two, uh, two times, I've started with the person in the left-hand corner, and that just seems as, as good and as random as anything. So uh, Jeannie, uh, thanks for joining us. And the way I'd like to ask this question is, um, over the last couple of months, um, on, on your worst days or on your worst moments, what has been your concern on your heart or what has uh, been heavy on your mind? And on the other side, in your best moments, in, in the best days that you've had, what have you been most hopeful about during this time? So when this first started, um, my husband, Sean, had just had a pretty significant bout with um, pneumonia in February. And um, he's a, I call him a high risker for, for COVID. He's um, got heart and high blood pressure and those kind of things. So when this first started, um, we clamped down pretty quickly and um, self-isolated. And uh, my, my biggest fear was losing him. My biggest fear still is losing him. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a person who uh, has dealt with depression and anxiety almost all my life and Sean is um, definitely somebody for the last 20 plus years who's helped me to manage that and have stability and um, the thought of losing him and um, you know having to to move on for him to you know to live as Christ and to die as gain although when I did say that to him he said don't put words in his mouth he was not maybe ready for that at this mm. point but um, he would go there mm -hmm. if he needed to, but he, you know, he wants to stay too. He wants mm -hmm. to stay and, and have our life together. And um, so that was, that's my biggest, my biggest fear. Yeah. Yeah. 
And what about the other side? What have you found yourself hopeful about or what glimpses of Christ and his kingdom have you seen during this time? Yeah. So hope, it's, it's been great to just get focused back on the most important things in life. Mm -hmm. um, I definitely worked too much and my work-life balance was not very good and um, now I'm working from home and um, work is done and the evening comes and Sean and I have had a lot of good time together and um, that we haven't had for a few years. Mm -hmm. I get to have lunch with him every day. Yeah. So, um, so that's nice. And just being able to kind of just think about what is significant in life, think about relationships, think about um, a shout out to the mental health, our Living Grace group. We've been meeting every week and awesome. supporting each other and being there for each other in our vulnerable times. So there's been a lot of good uh, relationship building. Mm -hmm. Really, it's been a great hope. Good. good. Thank you, Jeannie. Hope, you're next. Can you, can you share what's been on your heart the last couple of months, both uh, things that you've struggled with and have felt heavy about, as well as what you're hopeful about? Yeah, so I think for me, it's been really easy um, on like the harder days to start thinking about everything that I'm missing, mm -hmm. uh, not just like the activities I'm missing out on or like, you know, my schooling or sort of thing, but also like what I'm missing and like the facts or if um, like there's, there's just like more that's going on that I don't know. And mm. so it's been easy to kind of like get wrapped up in all of the unknowns and let that kind of be what I dwell in. Um, but then on the good days and it, uh, where the hope has been is in all, being able to see all of the things that have come out of this time. Um, so like we've still been able to have youth group over Zoom and that's been really good. And we've been able to start like a book club with the middle school girls, which has been really awesome and a way to connect with them that wouldn't have been possible um, and wouldn't have really happened if this, like we didn't have to close the youth group. Um, and so there's just been a lot of other ways that I've been able to connect with people and new things that have been able to form um, that I don't think would have happened without. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, thank you, Hope. And remind me, what, what year in school are you? I just finished my junior year. Okay. Yeah, that's a hard year to miss a lot of the good things that you had the second semester. Yeah. Thank you for that hope. Jeff, you're next, man. Oh, let me hold on. Let me unmute you. I, I had you muted one second. Or can you unmute yourself? There we go. All right. And that's what I have to say. There we go. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> All right, Jeff, um, your turn, man. I didn't really um, have time to pay attention to this thing at first because we had a uh, um, computer attack, and so I was working six days a week on that. And by the time that slowed down, I, I just stayed busy. So it wasn't. So, I, I'm not, it's not something that I worry about for me or my family. It's actually kind of nice to have Bethy around instead of off to college, but uh, um, I know it's, she's happened to do all the hard work at college and none of the fun, but uh, it is good to have her in the house. Um, I'm concerned for our old people and the vulnerable around us that, uh, you know, um, there's 
quite a few of them at Broadway. At the same time, I miss them. I haven't seen the adult Sunday school class in a long time. And, uh, you know, because uh, they're just all in the, in the demographic, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and what's your concern for them, Jeff? What are you concerned about? Well, uh, you know, when it first happened, you know, when, when there was a lot of unknown, I worried about, um, you know, how hard it was going to hit everybody. And I still am concerned about that for the older people because I know that they have a higher risk. Um, we're really cautious about my parents who are in their 80s. And uh, um, for Mother's Day, we did a Zoom meeting. And uh, for Memorial Day, we stayed 10 feet away on their back porch and brought a bucket of chicken, you know, things like that. Um, it's, um, but I, as the data gets better, I don't think um, the, I'm not nearly as concerned for the people that aren't inside of that, you know, danger zone, you know, so. Yeah, and what, what, what are you hopeful for, Jeff? Well, I'm hopeful that we get back to um, the way things were as soon as possible. That seems to me to be important. Um, the, um, the changes that we've had to go through here, I think, are hampering us being the church to the community around us uh, mm -hmm. that that bothers me um, the um, kids that aren't um, you know going to church with their parents the parents that aren't coming to church with their kids the people that are kind of um, um, marginal and they need the extra encouragement to you know basically stay on the right track I worry about those people mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, without that, you know, interaction that we have, um, you know, it's easy to just slip away. And with all the extra time on our hands, you know, it's, uh, there's a lot of bull. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Jeff. Catherine. All right. <laughs> um, Honestly, I don't know what to think. Um, and just kind of, I feel like, like Hope said, kind of get, I get stuck in the unknowns as well. Um, just not sure what to believe um, or how to act. I think on really hard days, um, especially if I have to go to the store or go out for something, I kind of have to psych myself up uh, mm. for going out because it just feels like like I'm going out into the twilight zone or something. Mm -hmm. It just feels so weird. Everything just is weird. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like people are act weird and I'm not sure what I'm gonna find um, when I go out. So on hard days, I kind of get stuck in the, like, what if this is the way it always is? Mm -hmm. Or what if Jesus comes back tomorrow? Or what if we never get back to um, the way things were or whatever? Um, and I just get kind of, bogged down in the unknowns mm. um and uh, my kids are um you know getting stir crazy and um just trying to help them 
navigate this time when I don't even know how to navigate it myself. Um, and something that um, Sandy Payton said in one of the conversation that she was part of, um, when you asked what her, her most, her biggest concern was, was her, the salvation of her kids. And I think that's where I go. Um, when I think, you know, what if, what if this is the end? What if Jesus is coming back soon? I want my kids to know that Jesus died on the cross for their sins mm -hmm. and rose again um, to be made right with God. Um, and I want them to know the gospel um, and to have the opportunity to receive and, mm -hmm. and respond. Um, so that's kind of where my mind goes. I want my biggest responsibility is to make sure um, that they know Jesus mm -hmm. um, and who he is and that I'm living out the gospel in our home. Um, and man, I need Jesus' help <laughs> every day. Yeah. Um, and I, mean, I wrote some things down because I was thinking I'm not, yeah. like I said, I don't even know what to think. So I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to coherently speak. Yeah. Um, and just the, like with my kids getting a little stir crazy, like I love having my kids, but it's hard. Um, because our normal change of scenery options are not available. We can't mm -hmm. really, we can't just pile in the car and go to the zoo or go to the mm -hmm. park to play on the playground or mm -hmm. whatever. And um, just the energy to come up with something creative um, is lacking right now. Mm -hmm. I'm getting weary. Um, and so, yeah, so that's where I'm at as far as like on my bad days, I get mm -hmm. bogged down in the unknown and, mm -hmm. and just the feeling like the normal um, ways that we can change our scenery mm -hmm. aren't available. Mm -hmm. um, and so I get discouraged by that. Um, but as far as um, I kind of went along the lines of um, things that I, I do to hang on. So maybe, mm -hmm. yeah. maybe this fits under the hopeful yeah, part of things. Um, but I feel like um, the only place that we can find um, truth and a solid place to stand is God's word. And so um, I don't always feel it, but I somewhere believe that deep down in my spirit. And so I'm trying to, to hang on to verses of scripture. Um, and if it's okay, I have my, one of the passages that I'm, yeah, is my nail in a sure place mm -hmm. um, right now is from Acts. It's chapter 17, uh, starting in verse 24, and goes through the beginning of 28. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. From one man, he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth and he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us, for in him we live and move and have our being. I think just thinking about that this is the time that God chose for me, for us, 
to be. This is God is sovereign. Um, and this is, we're here for a reason for, because God put us here at this time. And so just trying to follow what God has for me, um, in this time, what does that look like? Um, when I can't do the things that I want to do. Um, and so remembering the other, the other thing that I'm trying to do on a daily basis is just remembering the attributes of God, that God is faithful, that God is good. He is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in love. Um, he does not change. He is sovereign. Um, and just trying to remember those things about God. Um, and then um, remembering who I am in Christ. Um, and something that's been helpful for me is just looking at scripture, printing out scripture, writing out scripture. I printed out that list of who I am in Christ. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. And so I, I'm trying to read through those and just soak myself in truth because I can easily look down at my circumstances and get stuck mm -hmm. there. Um, and so I've got random note cards and papers that I've printed out um, and I stick them on my wall and on my fridge and all over the house and I carry them around with me. Um, and that's the only thing that I can hang on to right now. Um, and so, yeah. And so you do. So here we, here I am. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Catherine. Um, I want to get more specific and uh, ask you all, about your thoughts on uh, the leadership position, the, the staff and the elders as we've talked and have made you know, the decisions that we've made about when to open up and how to open up and um, guidance around social distancing when we get there and all that sort of thing. And I, I'd be interested, Jeannie, if you can just share your thoughts on, you know, what, is, what, is, what have your thoughts been as you've heard that communicated and how has that affected you and Sean? Let me unmute you. Can you unmute yourself? There we go. There we go. Okay. Yep. Got it. Um, yeah, I really appreciated and really do both of us appreciate the amount of prayer and the wisdom and the care that's gone into the decisions that have been made. Um, Ryan knows we talked really close to all of this starting because a, a lot of my work is in research and COVID's a part of it. And um, so I am very keen on people being protected and the vulnerability again is just huge to me. And when um, Luke spoke uh, a couple weeks ago and he, he talked about um, Ezra and leading the people from Babylon back to Jerusalem and the journey it was. And that's, to me, this has been such a journey and not, not an easy one, like Catherine was saying. Um, so many unknowns. And um, Amanda's, I think Amanda's phrase was that they moved at the pace of the vulnerable. Mm. which I just have hung on to because I think that is just, she's such a wise woman, that Amanda. And that was just such an amazing thought that 
for us to stay together as a congregation, even though that's very difficult because like Jeff said, some people are in not quite the vulnerable group. Now, um, where other people, it's, it is scary out there and there's anxiety. Um, so I'm very supportive, very appreciative. Um, I feel like we're not at the end of the journey yet. I feel like the opening is like a, a small piece. Um, and Roland, and I think the first um, panel that you had talked about, we probably need to even be more careful right now because by being so cautious, we were able to keep things controlled. And that was because we were being so cautious. So um, I think it's just so wise to, to remember that we need to remain cautious that opening up doesn't mean that distancing stops and um, that we aren't you know doing all the precautions and such so um so yeah i just i just want everybody to get there on the journey mm -hmm. and get there safely mm -hmm. um and there's so many vulnerable people right now um you know, there's the, the people who struggle with mental health issues. They did a survey that it was 11% in like the first quarter of this year, the people that were anxious and depressed and across the, the nation. And they just released a survey that it's up to 33%. Mm. So there's a lot going on out there. Um, you know, add to it the, the um, uh, George Floyd and all the vulnerable people who are so distressed that they're actually putting themselves at risk mm -hmm. because they're so distressed that it's worth worth it to them mm -hmm. to to put themselves at that risk for their emotional mm -hmm. um, expression and um, justice mm -hmm. it's there's just so much out there for us to reach out to people yeah. in this time and to really protect protect everyone Hope everybody hopefully make it a safe journey. So I really appreciate everything that you and the elders have done to keep us safe and to make sure that as much as we can, everybody in the church can get back together once this um, is over. Thanks, Jeannie. Hope, um, how has this affected you as as a youth and decisions we've made as, as leaders of the church, what have your thoughts been? Um, for me, it's been a little more difficult. My family is not part of a small group or anything like that. Mm. Um, so there's definitely been a lack of community um, and like being with people, which has been pretty tough. Um, but the decisions that have been made, I respect them and I understand them. And I think that they're the right decisions to be made. Um, it's just, kind of like getting through it. Uh, it's been a little more difficult. Um, last night, the youth was able to meet for the first time in person. And it was really good. Like, I didn't realize how much I missed the youth yeah. group and just being surrounded by them. And so we were all in the sanctuary singing together. Um, but it was just kind of left feeling filled um, after getting to worship with all of them. Uh, and it's, a lot of us were worried, or that's who I talked to about having to keep like focus on the social distancing and everything while we were there 
but it actually like um, wasn't much of an issue at all. Like we were able to focus or like keep up with social distancing while also getting to spend time together. Uh, so it didn't like handicap the experience at all, which was which was really good. Um, but I'm definitely waiting to get back into church. I'm excited. Uh, I miss getting to work with all of the Go Fish kids. Um, big time. Like that's one of the biggest things I've missed. And so I am, yeah, I just, I can't wait to get to like lead worship with all of them and hear all of them worship together. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think waiting for that moment is just going to make it like even more special and mm -hmm. worth the wait. I had a similar experience yesterday. We had the, the prayer gathering after the service. And so there are uh, 70 people were there. And it just, I kept seeing these people that, you know, maybe I've talked to on the phone or connected in some way, but like when they were there, it just, I forgot how much I miss you and I just want to be with you. So I'm glad you had that experience last night. I, I just want to ask more specifically, you know, the elders specifically asked for you not to come. And I just want to know how you felt about that. What, what was that like for you to, to you know, to hear your pastor and, and since um, some of the elders say, hey, we'd like to ask the youth not to come right now. What, what was that like for you? Um, it didn't bother me too much. Like I didn't take it as like they're asking me personally, like, you know, like they're asking me not to come. They're asking the youth group not to come. And I think part of the reason was because we had our ways to connect. So it wasn't like, it was just like, you're not coming and you don't have, like, we didn't have anything. We weren't able, we're not able to come, but we were still able to have youth group and like mm -hmm. a manner over Zoom, or we were still, um, we were still connecting and still um, like being reached out to, I guess. So like, yeah, I didn't really think too much about it, like them not, it being specifically like towards my age group. Yeah, good. Well, thank you. It's a very very mature of you. <laughs> I appreciate that. And I'm glad that Simpson, your, your youth leaders communicated the heart behind that decision well to you. I'm grateful for that. It was that, that actually that first announcement and kind of drawing boundary lines was the hardest message that I've had to communicate in this whole time. And that day when um, the first Friday when I was setting up the, the sanctuary with Amanda and Steve Snyder, um, just as I was blocking off pews, it, it was felt so representative of me, of me asking that question and asking people not to come. Um, it was really hard. And so I just thank you personally for your, your own understanding and about that it means a lot. So, Jeff, your thoughts on decisions we've made and um, yeah, how that's affected you and, and what, you know, what would you like to see next? and unmute yourself again. Okay. There you go. Well, I think the, the first thing, the most important thing is we need to love each other even when we disagree. That it's important to um, understand that the elders are making decisions that nobody is going to be in complete agreement about. There's a lot of difference of opinion and uh, it is a situation where they just are not going to make everybody happy. Um, but we can respect their decisions and, um, you know, um, follow through with what they want to see done, even if we disagree. And I think it's important that we do that. Mm -hmm. 
And I would say that I'm one of those people that disagree. I, I profoundly disagree with what we're doing. I think that um, Broadway in 2020 should look pretty much just like it did in 2019, that we shouldn't be doing anything different, that uh, we're called to be the church in this place. And that means that um, we gather together, we love one another, we pray for people, with the exception of we want to protect the vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And um, I think um, we can do that, but I think we've overstepped what we need to do to do that. Uh, we're, um, we're guarding the vulnerable, but we're, we're doing all the social distancing stuff that I don't think really has in my opinion, and it's just my opinion, I don't think it adds a lot of value to, to things. In fact, it's probably causing more harm than good because this virus is going to infect the population and people are going to get it. And even if it's as bad as they say, or 10 times worse than what they say, we can't really stop it. Um, we can only control how we respond to each other. And we're called mm -hmm. to be the church in this place. Mm -hmm. We're supposed to be ministering to the people that God brings us right here in downtown Fort Wayne. And uh, it's hard to do that if we're not meeting. And there are people in our group that are holding on to their faith rather tenuously and they need mm -hmm. us. Um, and we have a responsibility to, to meet, I think. Um, Hebrews 10, um, uh, 23 to 25 says, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, God knew all about viruses in the New Testament days. This isn't <laughs> something that... Uh -huh. um, we have to change being the church about. This mm -hmm. is something that is built in. We're, you know, and the design of the church is to be, I think Broadway does a very good job of this, um, it is to be a warm place mm -hmm. where people are loved and appreciated. The, it, the New Testament tells us to greet each other with a holy kiss more than mm -hmm. five or six times. Mm -hmm. And we don't do it that way, but we hug, we slap each other on the back, we, mm -hmm. we shake hands, we, you know, and we're not doing that right now. Mm -hmm. um, our youth are doing the best they can. We're doing the best we can, but I'm just saying that I respect the decision we're making for the reasons we're doing it, but I would disagree with that decision. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get with the program and do what is responsible for me to do to follow the direction of the elders because they have a tremendous responsibility on their shoulders to make these decisions. Mm -hmm. But I would rather see us be the church together. Mm -hmm. um, saying that the small groups are carrying that burden and doing well, doing a good job is great. And I agree with that. And I appreciate your um, chess piece analogies. I think that is uh, insightful. But I think a similar analogy would be, it's like saying we have a flat tire on the left side, but the right, the tire on the right side is doing a great job. Mm. The car's still broken. You know, we still have an issue. And um, without the gathering together and being the church together, um, we're dropping the ball for people. 
some people. Maybe others are plugged in in other places and, you know, maybe some can't come join us because this virus has made them more of a shut in than they want to be. But um, I think we got to be the church. Um, you know, although this might be, it, it might be prophetic. I don't know. It, it talks about in second Thessalonians about a, a falling away, which is, you know, people removed from being together basically. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we might be looking at some sort of, uh, you know, uh, prophetic application. I don't know, mm-hmm. but the, uh, the idea is that Broadway is the kind of place that you come to, to be loved. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's really hard to do that over the phone, yeah. you know, like for example, oh, one last thing. Um, um, I'm having a gout flare up. Here's my, oh, I'm sorry. Okay. And it's been going on for a week and it's the sort of thing where on a regular Sunday, I would have went to the altar and had mm. the elders pray for me because that's what the Bible tells me to do. But this Sunday, I didn't want to be contentious, you know? Mm -hmm. It seems like that would have been, you know, pushing an envelope that uh, uh, I didn't want to be the guy to push, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So uh, instead of having the elders pray for me, I had the youngers pray for me, the young adults. Good, good. uh, Prayed for me, and that that was very nice. And this has been a good thing for the young adults. So, I, I mean... You're, you're right about that we're working some of the chess pieces a little harder and I'm getting better at it. Mm-hmm. The uh, young adults are thriving, I think. Um, they're bonding together. They don't, they, they, they're taking leadership on and finding direction and yeah. that's really awesome. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's a, it's a mixed bag. Yeah, yeah. Jeff, thanks so much for that perspective. Um, I just appreciate you and your heart and your, you know, from the very beginning of you being at Broadway, what you saw about the unique spirit of Broadway that drew you there um, and that you've articulated here, um, it is, it's hard to see us not be able to express some of that right now. And um, so, thanks for, yeah, so thank I, you. I appreciate for, what a hard decision it is for you guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, thank you for, for sharing, brother. Catherine, your thoughts. Um, I'm falling in the I don't know category. (laughs) Um, uh, I think it's been hard for us um, to not go as a family and the whole navigating questions from the kids um, is hard, but I know there are so many things that I don't know and I don't understand and um, I'm grateful that you and the leadership um, are seeking the Lord and um, doing the best that you can with what you know. Um, And so um, I just pray that um, God will give me the grace and the humility and peace to follow whatever um, instructions you have given us um, and that I will do that because um, God has put you over um, me and our family. Um, And then I also pray that God would give me wisdom and courage to, and humility um, again, to speak up if there's something that I feel like God wants me to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now, I don't know. And so I'm going to just move forward um, one step at a time um, as I need to. Mm-hmm. 
can can you say a bit more about how this has affected your family and your kids and what what's been their thought when you know that you had to tell them that you know we can't go on Sundays and others will be there and they may have seen I don't know if you're watching the live stream or whatever but yeah how has that been for them um well they are a little bit on the, along the lines of um that people are acting crazy um you know they've heard about the all buying toilet paper why are why are they buying all the toilet paper that's so silly um and so they just i think they just don't um understand why people are um are acting kind of they see it as acting kind mm. of crazy mm. um so i mean i think they're just kind of going with the flow like they don't um both uh, two of my kids um are missing out on their friends and getting together with people and so that's really um i can see that reflected in in um, just their emotions um of course it doesn't help with mom's emotions being all over the place too but um and then one that's just kind of going with the flow um but they're i they're tired of doing live stream sunday morning and i want to do kids church and um it doesn't they don't all quite um fit in with um what the kids church video does so mm -hmm. um you know we're just trying to um i think i'm trying to keep um, faith conversations going just in the daily life um and i'm really grateful that it that my kids are talking about heaven and um and what god is doing around them and how they feel about different people from um different places and with different skin colors and um just i'm grateful for the conversations that we're having just on a daily basis and i think um the kids are really missing out um on connecting with their friends mm -hmm. um but they they do also understand um, there are times when we've um, been with other people that we are, um, you know, they're aware of social distancing and keeping um, space. They don't always, we have to remind them a little bit here and there, but they understand that how germs work and, um, and that they need to give space when we've asked them to give space. Um, and also Luke's dad just had a kidney transplant. Hmm. Um, and we are so grateful. Thank you, Lord, that um, Ned has a kidney now. Mm -hmm. um, and so they've had to be extra cautious. And so um, the kids get that, um, but they definitely are missing out, um, missing their friends a lot. Yeah. Um, and so that uh, breaks this mama's heart to, um, to see them hurting and missing. Um, but I don't know as far as the decision, they're just going with the flow, whatever we tell them. This morning we're watching the live stream or they were pretty excited when we got to go to our family group um, for Sunday, a couple couple Sundays ago. Good. Um, but yeah, I think it's hard, but they're just going with the flow as best they can. One of the things I appreciate about what you just said, Catherine, is um, just the words, I don't know. And I, it seems to me that, you know, we, you know, we've all become experts on like 
Sweden's epidemiology strategy, you know, <laughs> and these things are so complicated. And um, a lot of us just, we just don't know. Um, you know, one of the questions I have right now is we don't know how the virus is going to respond when 200 people get in a room and start singing together. Um, we don't know. And there have been, you know, five or six different churches that have been connected to some outbreaks already. And we can't live in fear about that forever and ever and ever. And we don't know yet how that's going to affect people and how that's going to affect us. And, um, and again, I think I mentioned this in the last one, just the, the legacy that, that, that the church could possibly leave behind on the backside of this if the church becomes a source for those kinds of things. And so I think the question of I don't know is, or being willing to admit we don't know, I think is really important right now. And um, I appreciate you expressing that because I, I think myself included, think we know more than we do about what's happening right now. And um, that's a, humility is an important value for us to have right now. Um, I think I'd like to open it up. First of all, if anybody has any final thoughts that they have, or if you have a question for me or somebody else around the circle that you might want to ask, um, just kind of open that up for either final comments or a, or a question you might have of me or someone else. Just kind of raise your hand and jump in if you got something. Five, four, going once, going twice. All right. Okay, well, friends, thank you for um, jumping in and sharing your heart here. Um, I think, again, this is an important moment for us, and these are important conversations for us to have. With all that's happening right now in the world with the protests, um, I suspect we're going to be having some conversations about that as well here on the Pilot's Voice episodes in the future. So thanks for joining me and talking about what's on your heart right now. I love you all, and Broadway, we love you. Peace to you. question again. Um, Jeannie, from a researcher's perspective, um, we keep hearing the CDC or the World Health Organization or Dr. Fauci say one thing two months ago and then say another thing now. We should wear masks. We shouldn't wear masks. They're good to wear. They're bad to wear. Um, from a scientific perspective and a person who works in research, why are we hearing different kinds of messages day to day you know the i was going to say a lot of that that goes to the 
I don't know, which I think is a part of um, this whole virus also is that it is like, it's nothing like they've seen before, you know, as far as how it affects people. And there's still questions on whether is it aerosolized, which means it goes out in tiny little things, or is it droplets, which means it goes out in drops. So there's still a lot of research going on, which as a researcher, I don't understand because it seems to me that there's been enough time that those things could have been answered, right? Mm -hmm. um, as far as like the numbers and those kind of things, the modeling is all just, um, it's not predictive. It's um, just trying to get a handle on what's going on. And that's why it's always changing because again, this isn't like a flu we've dealt with before. So we don't know what it's going to do. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm not giving you any really good answers here. I know <laughs> because well, it is very confusing. Um, I think masks, the one thing that I think, you know, is pretty clear with masks is they're not helping you. They're helping other people because at least they're going to hold in those big droplets mm -hmm. that, you know, if you cough. Um, so there is some help there. What percentage of help? There haven't been big studies done on that. And um, what were you going to ask? I'm sorry, Ryan. Well, I, I as I've been thinking about it, it seems to me that it, this has kind of put science in its proper place in that um, I think that we hold up science and the answers that science give as um, finally authoritative. And we hold up scientists as gods. And I think we are realizing very clearly that they're not. And they have a role to play. And science is based on over time experimenting, mm -hmm. coming up to conclusions and then changing those conclusions and being willing to say our hypothesis was wrong. Right. And now we are changing you, changing and giving you the best information that we have based on the research that we have up to this point. And so I think that that, um, you know, the, the ways that, I think it's, it's, this has an opportunity, it seems to me, to put science in its proper place in our minds as having a role to play in certain kinds of answers for us. Right. But when we hear such and such study says this, that mm -hmm. that needs to, um, that's not the final word on the matter. <laughs> it, is right. a, it is a particular set of research that has come to right. a particular set of conclusions. And, right. um, and, and, and we, we take that into, into account with all other kinds of information and mm -hmm. that we receive and other kinds of uh, variables that we have to account for. And so on, on one hand, it makes me want to like really defend scientists and say, listen, <laughs> they've never told us that, well, some of them do, but <laughs> science, those who I think think rightly about science and the role it plays in our lives, have never tried to say that anytime we ever say anything, that you must take it as the final word. I think they're saying that this is the, the best research that we have at this time. And because this is a novel virus, a new virus, we don't know. And maybe they and others should have been better at saying, reminding us of that. We don't know, but the best that we have is A, B, and C. 
And when you think of modeling, you think of what's a model. A model is a shape of something, right? It's not usually the real thing. Mm -hmm. So we keep changing the modeling. And, you know, it's, it's like anything. Um, when it's all over, we're going to be like, oh, <laughs> yeah, we were right there. We were wrong there. Right. So you're definitely right. Now, the things that we do know are the, the, the basic things that, you know, as far as washing your hands, mm -hmm. the distancing, masks are, you know, back and forth as far as what people want to do. I, I, the one thing I like about masks is it's a reminder, no matter what, that this is going on and that this is real. Um, so it's kind of a reminder of people that, you know, we do need to stay distant here. It's going to be really interesting what happens in the next couple of weeks. Um, I thought it was going to be really interesting to see what happened in the two weeks after Memorial Day. Mm -hmm. And now with the protests, it's going to be even the next two weeks. Yeah. Um, I think will be a good clue for us as to how virulent this really continues to be. Because um, I know from the, the doctors and researchers I work with, we expect to see things go up, of course, because people are out more mm -hmm. and they're around each other. Mm -hmm. Just need to make sure that it doesn't get to the place again where you're overwhelming the healthcare system and you can't take care of people. Yeah. That's what the, I mean, again, flattening the curve, that's what yeah. that's all yeah. about. And this kind of goes to something Jeff said earlier that, um, you know, more and more of the population are going to get it. The research that I've read says that like less than 5% of the population right now has gotten it, which tells me two things. One, the lockdowns work maybe too well. <laughs> and, and also we have a long way to go in this mm -hmm. and that there is a okay. um, very legitimate reason for the health of our society in addition to mental health and mm -hmm. our economy and all these sorts of things to begin opening mm -hmm. up in a way that, that makes sense. Um, right. so. so as long as people understand that opening up doesn't mean you're not still being cautious. I guess that's my thing. Yeah, that okay, it's over. Oh, yeah. We're back mm -hmm. to normal and mm -hmm. you know, we're we're expecting this to hang on for a yeah. year or so. And you know, we need to pray for the researchers with that vaccine to save lives. That's huge. Mm -hmm. Um and just you know, be smart. I mean, the, I, what was it? It was Proverbs that um, I think Luke, uh, Proverbs 3, that, you know, talked about being diligent and sleeping sound at night, you mm -hmm. know, being smart. Yeah. So social media, 24-hour news, that's part of the problem with all of the, the different information. It's like, yeah. how do you know? Right. How do you know what yep. to believe? And um, yeah, yeah. Really, I feel bad for people. Uh, like, like it's overwhelming. Yeah. All right, y'all. Thank you again. And um, yeah, we'll uh, hopefully get this edited and put out the next day or two. So, thanks, thanks. for joining us. See you guys.